So, evening, John. Uh, Apple have announced a few things, so we've at least got something to talk about that's not the thing that should not yeah, be named. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been uh, things have not gotten any better since you and I last talked. And yeah, I've talked with so many people about coronavirus and stuff lately. I think we're just going to like dive into what's actually new in the tech world because we did actually today get some Apple news. And it's it's really funny because this morning I was up, I was having a cup of coffee sitting here. I was texting with Federico and we were speculating about whether we'd see new hardware today. And I kind of thought we weren't going to, even though there were some pretty strong rumors that we would. And while we were chatting, of course, uh, all the press releases dropped. So it was all of a sudden it was all hands on deck. Uh, and it was one of those situations where Ryan was away and I was around and Federico was around. So I jumped on the Mac stuff and he jumped on the iPad Pro stuff. And uh, yeah, we got the stories out at Mac Stories and I'm pretty excited about this stuff. I mean, I, I'm actually I'm excited about both. I'm not going to buy both, but uh, I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the old keyboards. We all know the problems the, you know, the old keyboards had on Macs, but now we've got a MacBook Air with presumably the same keyboard that was in the new MacBook Pros and significantly improved hardware specs, which I think it's the kind of Mac now where it's the kind of Mac that most people, I think, should get. Not, you know, there, there is a, definitely a place for the Pro, but... For instance, if I were to replace my 13-inch MacBook Pro right now, I would just get a nicely specced MacBook Air instead because most of what I'm doing is writing and occasional, you know, audio editing or recording, but I don't need the very fastest machine to do that, especially when it's only occasionally. Yeah, it's as you said, it's it's kind of nice that we're back to the point again where if you know, just random person in your life says, oh, I want to buy a Mac, what Mac should I buy? And, and you know, for years, I mean, I remember, uh, I think it was when I started uni, um, and me and Jess both bought the MacBook Air, and it was it was fairly cheap at that point, and we got the student discount, and, like, it was, like, it was the obvious choice. You know, it was under a £1,000. Right. I think back then it was, like, 750 or something. Um, and I replaced mine a little bit quicker, but that was kind of because I went into my, my you know actual working and I was using it for development and stuff sure. like that. Um, but I think Jess had hers for maybe six years. And, and even when she sold it, like it was still mostly fine. Right. Um, we, we just kind of figured, oh, you know, it's been six years. We might as well replace it before it breaks. And, you know, we can, I think we traded it into Apple or something like that. And they gave us a couple of hundred quid. Um, and I think this new one really puts it back exactly at that point like no matter what somebody's requirements are for the most part you can just go yeah just go buy the macbook air like you know how much money have you got just buy the best one you can afford you know because the bottom end one's going to be fine if you've got some more money you can you know upgrade hard hard drive space or the ssd um you know that kind of stuff and you're going to get a pretty good laptop out of it yeah absolutely and you know it's just to kind of run down the things that have been improved there is now a quad core Intel processor. I think you know you can get an i5, and the let's see the it's got RAM up to 32. It's got um, storage up to two terabytes. The base storage has been bumped from 128 gigabytes to 250, which is good because 128 is really not enough these days. Once you put you know 
uh, Mac OS on there. And, you know, new keyboard and, and that, that's, I guess, speakers, microphones have all been upgraded. It's, it's pretty nice, but the price, is, it's $1,000. They dropped the price, the entry-level price, by $100. Yeah, it really is. I mean, like I say, I'd, if I'm remembering correctly, that's around where the price was previously before they went to this Retina yes, one, yes. Um, and and certainly was a few years before. So, you know, th- this is a, a really good. You know, it it is that. Just yeah, go buy this. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you need it for. You know, if you just want it for browsing or or you know Word documents that kind of stuff, it's fine. You want to do as you say, like a bit of audio editing maybe even a bit of video editing like it's gonna be fine for that obviously if you're doing that full time that's where the pro steps in but yeah i think this this is really good that it's kind of back to what the macbook air has been for what seven eight years something like that maybe longer right right and it makes it a much more affordable box for students and i think actually for education the the price in, at least in the u.s is a hundred dollars less than even that so it's like 899 so that's that's good. I mean, it's a it's it's a good starting price. It's nice to see the the price down. It's good to see the specs get bumped pretty significantly. But the thing that I was really excited about more than anything is the new iPad Pro because you know that's kind of a thing that we're into at Mac Stories, and it's it's become the device that I do an awful lot of my writing on, and this new one, especially the keyboard that was announced is really pretty amazing. I mean, the, the hardware itself, you know, we have, it's, it's an A12Z. So it, before it was the A12X, and now it's the Z. It's the same generation, I guess, just tweaked and sped up. So there's not a huge chip difference in it. Uh, it's also got this, you know, more an updated camera system. I've never been a person that uses the camera much, on my iPad Pro, or any iPad for that matter. And I'm not sure that's going to change, but I guess it's nice to have the option, especially, you know, this is the kind of thing where you could put it in a in a tripod and use it to do filming or because it's got now supposedly a, a pro-level array of microphones in it, you could even, you know, you could even do like two-way interviews with someone or something like that. That's all pretty cool, but... What is the most cool thing, I think, is is the cursor support and the fact that this keyboard that's coming has a trackpad and it's got it's no longer going to have like the cloth covered keys. These are they're calling it a magic keyboard. So I assume that it's a very similar mechanism to the laptops and it has a hinge system that allows you, you know, it allows the iPad to kind of float or hang right over top the keyboard uh, in midair and the. The uh, hinge has a, a USB-C pass-through charger in it, which means you can charge the iPad Pro while still using the uh, the USB-C port on the hardware for something else, whether it's external storage or an external display or something like that. It looks really cool. And I, I have updated to the GM of 13.4, which has the cursor support in it. And... It's now something that doesn't require you to have assistive touch on. You just have to pair a Bluetooth trackpad or mouse, and it includes the Magic Trackpad 2, which before didn't work with the iPad Pro, now will. And I, I just paired it right before we started recording with 
a Logitech MX Master Mouse 3, and it works great. I mean, it's it's really kind of interesting. What I really want to try, though, I haven't hooked up a trackpad yet to see what the swipe gestures are like because, and you can find this on the Apple site, and I know Federico has it in his article. There is a uh, there's an extensive list of of gestures that come along with this that are some of them are similar to what you'd find on the Mac, but an awful lot of them are very specific to what an iPad can do. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I say this every time a new iPad thing comes out. I really want one. I'm not going to buy yeah. it. Um, but I think this is the most I really want it that, that there's been for quite a yeah. while. Um, specifically, the combo of the Pro with this new, uh, what's the thing called? The keyboard thing? Is it just called a Magic Keyboard uh, case? Yes, I think I so. Know. I think it's called the Magic Keyboard with trackpad or something like that. I know I just was listening to Connected before we got started, and they were trying to figure out what the official name is, and I think it might be Magic Keyboard case with trackpad or something like that. Okay, well, I mean, if those guys are messing it up, then that's fine. I, <laughs> I don't feel so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could... It's always been one of those things where I look at the iPad and I'm like, I wish... I don't because I, you know, I like what I do for a job, but to some extent, I wish my job didn't involve me needing like a, a quote-unquote proper computer. That's right. um, not the right. You, you get my point, you know, like a somewhere where I can access the file system and, and do all the stuff that I need to do. Yep. Because I look at something like the iPad, especially in the the really cool video they did that was like your new computer or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they that was it. good. Um, that was really good, and I like I was watching that, and you know, it it just looks really great like to be able to kind of set it up like that where you're just you've got the keyboard there and it sort of floats in front on the little stand and you can just like pull it off to just use it without the keyboard of course i want this this looks ridiculously cool and if somebody wants to buy one for me you know um just (laughs) let me know and i'll dm you my address Uh (laughs) yeah it, it, it does look amazing and you know i've of course already seen the tweets that this shows that touch on a laptop style device is a failure and all this kind of thing. And I, I think that's wrong. I think what it is, is the iPad is kind of coming into its own as a convertible device. That's kind of, it, it can be both. It can be, you know, something that you hold in your hands while you're lying in bed and it can be something that you use as a desk. Uh, and, and what the keyboard allows you to do is to use it in both those contexts. And I, I yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. it. I should mention too, it has inverted T arrow keys, which is pretty nice. Uh, makes it really easy to use. If you look at the keyboard from the top down, it's incredible because it's very asymmetrical. I don't think Johnny would have liked this key- keyboard, but <laughs> no, definitely not. It's kind of a black plastic. <laughs> it's, it looks darker than space gray. At least the keys do. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I ordered one. I was really struggling with the storage to get because last time in 2018, I got a 512 gigabyte and I looked today and I wasn't even at, I wasn't even at 128. So I ended up going 256 because that's basically double where I am today, which should be more than enough. It turns out I just don't, put a lot of video for watching like movies and TV on my iPad, which, you know, between streaming music, which means I rarely have much music local, uh, iCloud photos, which means most of my photos are in the cloud. And, you know, between those two things, especially, 
I just don't need a ton of storage because everything else I work on is mostly text documents. The only thing that really takes up a lot of space on my iPad is that I've got some hefty games that are somewhere, you know, between three and five gigabytes each. But even that, I, I don't tend to keep more than a handful of games on my iPad at any time. So, yeah, it was decided it was time to go a little, a little smaller. Wanted to not spend quite as much. I mean, this is, it's still a very expensive, expensive iPad, especially with the cellular. And I got the Apple Care, of course. And down the road, the keyboard's going to be an added expense because for the 11, 11 inch iPad Pro, it's three hundred dollars, and for the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, it's three hundred and forty nine dollars. Which, you know, that's a lot for a keyboard, but. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it'll stay there long term, but I'm willing to spend it for having the, the, uh, the multiple angles that I'll get from this plus the pass through charging. It's just going to make it more of a workstation when I need a workstation, which is those days when I sit down at a desk and I'm going to be sitting and writing and doing other things pretty much all day long. And this'll, this'll make a big difference. I think. Yeah, I think. When you see the separate prices there, it, it whether it's kind of just in your head or not, it's like, all right, okay, so I'm going to spend, you know, whatever it is, say $800 on the iPad Pro, and then another 300 with this keyboard. And I know Apple never do this, but I feel like if they did like a bundle where they were like, oh, if you buy both of these at the same time, like we'll knock off like $100 or something, um, it, the price might seem a little bit more palatable from, from that standpoint because it's there's no sort of page where you go, right, just add these two things and then I'll see how much it costs. You kind of have to go through the flow and it's like, oh, 800 for this. And then, oh, yeah, I had this keyboard on that's like half the price of the iPad. Right. Yeah, it is It is absolutely a lot. And a bundle seems like a, a nice idea. I don't know that Apple's ever really done that kind of thing, but I, I mean, I certainly would like it if they did. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes, see how it is when it comes out. The, the keyboard's not coming till May. So in the meantime... You know, you can, you'll have to continue using uh, using the existing third-party keyboards, or I guess Apple keyboards by Bluetooth, and you can connect a trackpad and a mouse to kind of get an idea of what that's going to be like. So that'll that'll be fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to to getting my hands on this. I put a really bad dent in my 2018 iPad Pro. I've a bad, I've had bad luck with iPad Pros. I destroyed my first one in the trunk of my car. And this one has an enormous dent on the back, but it still works fine. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting one that's oh. unscathed. Well, you know, if you want to send that one to me, no problem. Uh, I'll, I'll look after it for you. <laughs> this one's being inherited <laughs> by Jennifer. She's she's using an iPad Mini two, I think, and and she's Ooh. finally complaining that it's slow. Can you believe that it's actually slow? Wow! Uh, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't it doesn't uh, run iOS thirteen. I think it was it's on twelve four. Um, the other thing I guess worth mentioning is that the keyboards work with the existing iPads. So if the existing iPad Pros, I guess the cutout for the camera will just have some extra space uh, because we don't, ha- you know, you don't sure. have it on the current one. But yeah, uh, that's that, I think that was a smart move. I mean, you don't need to upgrade if you don't want to. And I think the upgrading the hardware of the actual iPad Pro itself is probably not as compelling a thing to a lot of people as the keyboard. I think the keyboard, you know, people will get a functional. Uh, a lot of functional use and it'll make a big difference in the way they work right away with that trackpad built in. Whereas the hardware itself, 
it'll be faster and all, and it'll have better cameras and all the AR stuff. But unless you really use that camera, you may not need that kind of speed because the, the iPad Pro is already still, you know, do, does really well with just about any, any uh, software that you throw at it. Yeah, I did find myself uh, eyeballing one of the uh, the refurb uh, yeah, iPad Pros, up on that which side. are now down to like, yeah, what are they like five hundred pound, I think, in the UK mm. now. Um, so that you know they've come down to a decent price, and but then I always fall into this. Wow, you know, but if I get one, I might as well get the best one, and then it you know it's a yeah, whole thing. no, I know. And then um, when you get to the best one of the refurbs, <laughs> you're like, wow, that's only like a hundred pounds less than a brand new one. So maybe I just get a brand new one, and then yeah, it just you just keep working your way up the 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 uh, cost chain there. But talking of things that I that one that have actually got cheaper and two that I will actually buy at some point is the new power beats. Yeah. Um, Cause they are the power beats three or 170 pound in the UK. And the, the new power beats are only 130, which I was amazed about. I mean, it, you know, fine it's beats and maybe the, you know, the branding is slightly different or whatever, but I still wouldn't have expected that much of a drop on. I mean, I guess the, 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 the beats, Pro, the Powerbeats Pro, I guess, are the really like the top level model right. there. But I'm really surprised that they're as cheap as they are. Yeah, I didn't really expect that there would be a major price drop like that. I mean, that's twenty, you know, that's twenty five percent drop basically. At least here they went from two hundred to one fifty, and yeah, the design's a little different. The cord hangs off of kind of the back of the ear hook, whereas before it was kind of part of the front of the unit, which was a little odd, I guess. For the you yeah. know for the most part, otherwise though they're they're very similar in the in the design. Other than you know the the chip inside is the H1, which is what's in the AirPods Pro right now. So you get all the stuff that comes along with that, like sharing music over Bluetooth with someone else, or uh, doing the Siri integration hands free. Uh, that works too. You know, there's there and plus overall, I mean, I think the H1 chip does connect more reliably and faster to an iPhone or iPad than the the old W1s did. So that's that's all good. I mean, I I'm not actually going to get these. I am I got the AirPods Pro. I like them a lot. They're fantastic. I'm kind of hoping that we're going to see some kind of over the ear thing from from Apple at some point. So, I uh, you know, I'm holding out for that if I can, but for the moment, I'm mostly just sticking with this iPad Pro cuz for me that's like that's my work, my work device that I need. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, as I think I mentioned it last time we were recording, but I'm using the AirPods Pro at the gym, and they're okay. But I always feel like they're going to fall out. They haven't actually fallen out, and you know they've been fine when I've been you know commuting to work and stuff like that. But you know, once you're like running about and and getting sweaty and stuff. I'm I'm always a little bit nervous that they might fall out, and then, oh, what if they fall down like a little like a drain cover or something? So. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to buy them right now, um, just given the situation. I don't particularly want to spend any extra money right now. Um, right. But I, I, I'm certainly, um, you know, I'm almost definitely going to end up buying these in the next few months, I think. Yeah, I I, I think they're really good. I've, I had, as I said, the Power Beats 3 before and always enjoyed them. So definitely worth taking a look at if you need something for exercising or whatever it happens to be. Um, yeah, we well, should talk about WWC. I think 
Right, because it's 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 online. I mean, this is, you know, we weren't the first people to say it, but this is what we were talking about last episode, that, you know, chances are it was already cancelled and it's probably going to be online. That's exactly what they did. You know, they said, oh, we've come up with a new format for W. You know, they kind of sold it like right. it was their own choice. And, I mean, that's kind of what everyone expected from Apple anyway, was, oh, we've invented online. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, great. But it seems like it's going to be... We don't really have a lot of details yet, but it seems like it's probably going to be, you know, we're going to get the keynote and, and developers will get sessions and, and all of the all of the nice stuff that they always get. But obviously it's just going to be online without any physical interaction. Yeah, I mean, I it was, it took Apple a little while to announce this. It got to the point where I think it was probably the right choice to kind of wait like they did because I'm sure the decision had been made beforehand but it allowed things to get to the point where everyone had kind of accepted it. You know what I mean? That it was it was clear that it wasn't going to happen. There were so many other things that in and around that time that had been canceled. And the idea of having people come from dozens of countries all over the world into one tight space in San Jose, California, made no sense whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was not a surprising decision. It'll be interesting. I mean, there was very little to the, to the announcement. I was a little surprised it was on a Friday because to me, like announcing on a Friday is kind of like, well, this is bad news. So we're going to try to bury it going into the weekend as opposed to, you know, announcing it earlier in the week and talking more about what the, the online version would look like because we don't know much. All we know is it's going to be in June and it's going to be online and there'll be a keynote in sessions. That Those are like the key facts. There's no discussion of what, whether there's going to be some sort of lab system, whether there's going to be, uh, you know, to what degree all the sessions are going to be online. Is it all going to be over the course of five days like it is when it's in person? None of those details are out yet. And so it'll be a very different experience. I think it's interesting from like our perspective at Mac Stories when you know when Federico and I are there, it it's you know it's super disappointing for us because it's a very important week because it's the only time of the year that we see a lot of people we know and talk to a lot of the developers who we write about all all year and so that is incredibly disappointing not to be able to do that. On the other hand. When we're there, we're also extremely busy and torn a million different directions, which makes it very hard for either of us to do any writing that week. I mean, I usually sit down during the keynote, watch the keynote, and then write furiously until the evening. And then beyond that, it's only a smattering of stories going forward. And it just makes it, you know, it's just, it's just a hard week to get a lot done while you're there. And with us being at home, we are hoping to do some new things and have more time for like me and Federico to you know do more of the writing and and do some new things that we wouldn't have otherwise had time for so you know stay tuned for that i guess for max stories i'm not going to i'm not going to spill the beans rob because i know very well not to do that <laughs> because things change and the world happens to be in flux right now so i can make no promises but uh we we really do hope to do some some new things. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, as you say, from you know your standpoint and people, other writers and websites and, and podcasts and video and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting that the people who normally don't have all the information, you know, especially people who are like in the keynote or or you know they're kind of 
furiously writing notes during the keynote, but they're not really, you know, normally you're not doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, I get a nice rundown from Twitter and I can kind of get an idea of everything that's going on. Whereas this year, kind of everyone's going to be in the same boat because everybody's going to be watching the same thing. Nobody's got like special access or is sat in the the actual theater itself. Although, you know, maybe they'll do that for some press or something like that. But for the most part, nobody nobody's getting a different experience you know whereas you normally go and i don't you know we're both basically the same absolutely i think that's what's going to be hard potentially for you is that you know we're it's going to still be presented from the west coast so it could be some very late nights for a week um and that'll be interesting i think we're fortunate at least that ryan and i are here in the united states and so it's not as it's not going to be as big of a problem for us, but I'm you know Federico will be up watching those sessions, I'm sure. Yeah, and of, and of course you know basically at this point, basically nobody in the UK is going to work right. if they if they can work from home. So if I have to stay up late or get up early or whatever, it's not too much of a problem now. Um, which you know, I guess that's looking on the bright side, but you know yeah. it's, it should be all right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I feel like. June is so far away right now that I can't even I can't even think about it. I'm just trying to get through this week. But yeah, I, I'm ho- I'm hopeful that it'll still be a good experience, notwithstanding the fact that I won't see a lot of people in person who I who I will, you know, miss the opportunity of seeing. But you know, we'll we'll carry on, and hopefully next year we'll we'll have the chance to do that again. Um, so Rob, I thought we would we would f- uh, kind of close out with a gadget purchase I made. Yeah, you kind of snuck this in last week after we finished recording. I did, uh, I did. <laughs> I, you know, I have been watching with great interest Elgato, which is a company, it's a weird company. They make a lot of gaming stuff for streamers and stuff, but and they used to make home automation devices, and they sold that part of the company off, and it's now Eve. And they make, you know, door sensors and, I don't know, electrical outlets, all kinds of things. And I actually bought something from Elgato, which is called a Stream Deck. And I got the Stream Deck XL, which is basically just an array of 32 buttons that are programmable. And it connects to your Mac. Yes, this, this looks very cool. I mean, we, we did talk about it somewhat after we finished recording last week. Um, but it kind of looks like a, almost like a physical iPhone home screen. You know, you've just got like a whole bunch of what look like app icons here that you can presumably you can program these to do anything i guess yeah you can and there, there's a couple of reasons i got it the re, the thing that caught my eye of course wasn't the hardware initially it was that elgato came out with an ios app and then they added shortcut support to it and i i had figured well i'm not going to get the hardware but i'm going to try this app and see how it goes and maybe there's some cool automation stuff we can do. But then I started playing with apps like PushCut, which allows you to do all kinds of crazy stuff with shortcuts because it works through the notification system, and you can even now run a local server on an iOS device, which allows you, if it's in your home, to connect to a web API and and uh, make shortcuts run remotely whether you're on your network or not and i started thinking well you know there's a federico's done a lot of things with his iphone and controlling his mac using shortcuts and hooking into the automation systems that are built into the mac why not with push cut 
do the exact opposite and have a push button system on my desk where I can press a button and it fires off a shortcut to do something in the house. And so that's kind of what I'm where I'm going with it, I think. Ultimately, for now, I mean, right now we're working on a big project for the beginning of April. So this is more of a after that type of thing. So for right now, I've got the hardware. I have done things like when we were about to record, I have a button that says record. And it has, I'm using the Mac Story Shortcuts Archive uh, icons, by the way. So the shortcuts icons that Sylvia Gatta made, we, I've been using those. And I have a nice microphone icon that I, because you can assign your own icons. And so I press this button and it opens Audio Hijack. It starts up Skype. It opens up Notes. It basically gets all the apps ready. And then it uh, does things like it puts my, turns off my notifications, for instance. So it's, it's, a, it's kind of a way to do basic automation on the Mac. It also works with Keyboard Maestro. So if you want to do much more complex stuff that includes scripting and all kinds of things like that, you can do that. I have not uh, gone into that level of depth yet. And with 32 buttons, I have lots of options because the buttons can actually be folders and each folder uh, can have another 32 buttons in it. So there's a lot, you know, I can literally have hundreds of things here and I've only got like six so far. <laughs> of course you bought the 32 button one. <laughs> of, of course it you was did. On, it was on <laughs> sale, Rob. I got it for, tw- for oh, 20, well, 20% off. But you know, it, right. Oh, well you, you need it for your work I as do. well. So. so like right right now, all I've got, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown of the buttons I've got. I've got one that just opens Mac Stories because you know what, believe it or not, I go to Mac Stories a lot. Then I've got another one that just opens Reader on my Mac so I can read my RSS feeds. Then there are two podcast ones. There's the record one that I already described. And then there's a production one. And the production one is like when I, at the end of the week, when I'm going through the edit of app stories, it opens up forecast so I can put in the chapters. It opens up a couple of different websites that I need to do that. It opens up the show notes. You know, it does a bunch of things, all the, all the little bits that I need to put that together. Then I've got another one which actually uploads a an image in the finder to our CDN and goes through Kraken to optimize the image. That's a pretty fancy one because it does the whole web API, uploads it, and then puts a uh, puts the URL on the clipboard. That's all done. Oh, nice. That, that sounds really cool. Yeah, that's all done with Python. It's actually had one of my kids write that one for me because I, I believe in uh, child <laughs> chi- I, I believe in child labor. And it's tied to, it's tied to one of those, um, those finder, uh, what do they call them, quick actions, right? So, oh, yeah. so the quick action, all it is is a, um, an, autom- an automator workflow. And so I just hooked up this button to the workflow instead. Then I've got ones for the WordPress backends for both Mac Stories and App Stories. So those are the those are the six the the six buttons I've got right now. Pretty simple stuff to, for the most part. Mostly just opening apps and getting things arranged on the screen, but definitely thinking about doing some things in Keyboard Maestro, figuring out a way to kind of bridge it back to shortcuts on my iOS devices. But that's the kind of thing that's going to take many hours of experimentation, and I don't have the hours right now. So that's a long-term project and a little yeah. sneak peek at something that hopefully is coming 
later in the spring at Mac Stories. Nice. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've managed to avoid that, which should not be named that off that much. So, and, you know, we had some, at least we had some news. I think that was, that was, that was really good timing from yes. Apple to announce all this stuff. So we had something to yeah, talk so about. It's been a very good distraction for me, Rob, and hopefully for the listeners too. If you're not already listening to Ruminate, you know, I'm going to put this on Twitter because if you're listening, if you're hearing me say this, you already are listening to Ruminate. So you're so good on you, but, uh, you know, we need we need to have more people listen so they have something to do while they're stuck at home. Exactly. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll should be as long as nothing changes. We should be back in like two weeks. Um, we should be able to record again. And uh, I will. Our clocks would have changed then because yes. uh, what the listeners won't know is that you text me and I was eating my dinner because I forgot <laughs> your clocks had changed but ours hadn't yeah with all the rest of the stuff going on in the world that has also occurred to me with Federico because there's about two weeks of the year in the spring and the fall when the clocks are off by an hour because the, the US in its wisdom decided that why should why should we do what the Europeans do and the most most of the rest of the world I believe yeah, and I'm pretty certain we've done this every year since we've been recording. Yeah, um. yeah, I know. It, it's been a long time now that it's changed, but it's terrible because it's only twice a year, so you don't really see it coming until it it happens, and then it's you're off by just one hour, and it's it's just enough that you know other people are eating dinner or doing something else, and suddenly it's like, where's Rob? Oh, Rob's having dinner. Yeah, I, I probably should have realized because it occurs to me now that like, relay were live streaming today and i thought that's weird it doesn't normally live stream when i'm at work you know during the working hours uh but of course it's because everything was an hour earlier today because it's based on us time right right so oh well we'll we'll be back to normal in two weeks because our clocks would have changed by then i I think think that's right so uh so yeah we'll be back show notes ruminatepodcast.com uh and yeah we'll be back in a couple of weeks talk to you later rob